it's wild to see how much you can change as long as you continue to do the work and you continue to make like small steps. Um, and don't be afraid of a quote unquote setback because I don't think that there are any setbacks. I think that everything happens for us. Nothing is happening to us. And once we switch that mindset, it's like the floodgates open. Like your world is your own. You can literally do anything you want. And also like stop believing what people tell you. Like you can't sit there and believe like if someone's going to like the, the thing that changed for me was when someone told me that, you know, you can recover from eating disorder fully. You don't have to live this prison, which like in treatment, I was told that all the time, like literally just like, Oh, like you're going to deal with this. Like when you're 42, like that's just going to be your life. You're never going to be the same. It's so not true. I met one dietitian and she changed it all for me. And that was like what catapulted me into like, okay, so like if that's true, then it could be true for depression too. It could be true for OCD. It could be true for what I want to do with my life. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Happy New Year and welcome back to the first official episode of Let's Thrive in 2020. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and if you're new around here, then welcome. And if you're an original, welcome back. In case you missed last week's New Year's episode with me solo, I explained that the podcast did get rebranded, so same podcast, new look. The only thing I'm changing is my interview format, how I'm approaching everything, guest selection, whatnot, so expect some major greatness, like a double positive sort of thing, you know? So with it being the new year, there are 101 things online about resolutions, goals, intentions, mindset, etc, etc, the list goes on. Now, I think it's great that everyone is ready to kick off 2020, but I also think it can get overwhelming and confusing very fast as there's so much coming at you. And since today's episode is with the one and only Brit Berlin on all things mindset, meditation, and living your most authentic life, I wanted to dive into this topic. So, for instance, on New Year's Eve, I waitressed for seven hours straight, had Taco Ranch spilled on me, and then slipped and hurt my back, which was just recovered, came home exhausted, got on Instagram for a real quick scroll, you know how that goes, my feed was flooded with all those things I mentioned before. So there I am at like 11.30, no, it was later than that, it was like, no, it was 11.30 when I first sat down on my phone. And I was trying to decide, like, what are my intentions for the new year, and what is this, and what is that? And then next thing you know, it's, like, 12.30, and I'm like, look at me. I was, like, so consumed with trying to do what was actually just, like, a trendy thing. I mean, it's, like, we don't, it's ridiculous to think that, like, one day from 2019 to 2020 is going to change so much because it doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter if I made those intentions at 11.30, 12.30 at night, or if I waited to the next day, which I finally, with some reasoning of my own part, did. So I just, I don't know, I just realized how senseless it was to think that, like, to put so much power into one thing, if that makes sense. And that's why I like this conversation with Brit today, because it's practical. Like, these are these are lifestyle changes. Like, you can say you have this intention or this goal or whatever, whatever, but unless you put the work in, 
nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to change, 2020 will be just like 2019 for you. And so that's like what I did, as I mentioned before. I woke up on January 1st and decided to be practical about implementing the practices that I do want to start in 2020. So I journaled about what I struggled with in 2019 and what I wanted to improve upon in this year. I listed some very specific goals, and then I listed some vague ideas, like I didn't want to box myself in with anything. I also chose yoga (laughs) over a workout that morning, something I'm trying to do more in 2020 of listening to when my body needs to rest or needs to move. I meditated for just three minutes because that is another thing that I really do want to implement in 2020. And I just ate normal, even though it was a rest day, and I did all these little simple things, but they were all things that I struggled to maintain in 2019 and that I really want to carry into 2020. So if, you know, if you take anything from this, it's just the idea of like, If you're dead set to exercise or whatever more in 2020, have clear intentions. If it's just to lose weight, look at what's going on. Like, is there something else? Like, what's your reasoning behind it? And you know what? If you are going to have that be intention, why don't you add on something like, I'm going to work out so-and-so much in 2020, but at the end of every workout or every other workout, I'm going to do a two to three meditation. Like, that's, that's not too hard. Like, think of it as breath work even. Or if you want to grow your Instagram in 2020. Understand why and ensure you're doing it for the right reasons and not for self-validation. I just think it's important in all of this commotion of the new year, which I'll admit, like, I've been guilty of promoting a bit too, but in all the commotion of the new year, just stay true to you, okay? Stay authentic to you. You do you. And that's why today's episode is just perfect release. Like, I actually planned this, so very proud of myself for aligning things so perfectly when my scheduling is usually horrible. So the long-awaited and very loved Brit Berlin of the Banana Diaries is on the podcast and I'm absolutely thrilled to share this expansive and raw episode with you. You may know Brit for her wonderfully positive and uplifting self sharing insanely delicious recipes. I'm talking, you look at them, and you just want to like consume your phone. It is insane. And she's, I don't know about you, but she's always making me smile. But what you may not realize is this. Brit, just like so many of us, has had her fair share of struggles in life. And in this episode, Brit shares where her journey began. When just at the age of 12, an injury catapulted her into anorexia, which years later would turn into depression after several unfortunate and rather scarring events happened. These are topics that are hard to share, and I give her kudos for sharing them because I I think it would it would almost scare me off, but she does share, and even though they took a toll on her, she obviously survived. And in this, she shares the raw truth of those darkest years, and as well as what it took for her to choose life again and to want to live. And her story may be unique to her, but in it, so many of us can relate. I am certain that of everything she shares in this episode, all of us can relate to at least one of them, or we know someone who has gone through it. And that's where growth happens, when you see yourself or someone very close to you reflected in someone, and then you see how they came out in the light, so to speak. So she does share what got her out of that, I'd say rather dark years, what brought her to a place of peace and love and appreciation for life, which is where we start discussing the the fun stuff, as I like to say. Britt and I kind of geek out over this because we both just love it so much, but the idea of 
gratitude and how it actually can change your brain chemistry. We discussed this really neat experiment by a doctor where like there's water molecules and how thoughts actually can change the molecules and if it sounds crazy, good. Listen, look it up because it is, it does sound crazy but it's, it's true and it blows your mind and it will forever change how you think about gratitude. Like if you've wanted to start a gratitude practice and you just haven't been able to commit, like look at that study. We'll mention it in the podcast. Listen to what Britt has to say and I swear maybe you'll change it. And and on, you know, the topic of gratitude, she also shares her meditation practice and how, just like so many of us, she struggled to keep it going at first, to start and to maintain it. But over time, it grew. And, you know, now she wakes up at like, I don't know, it's like 4.30 in the morning so that she can fit meditation into her schedule. But what we talk about in this episode as well is that it doesn't have to be, it, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. Okay, it can be a five minute meditation if you have the time, three minutes, 10 minutes, however long you want it to be. It can be morning, middle of the day, at night. Like I've done all sorts, she's done all sorts, and there's just so many different ways you can do it. So don't let it intimidate you. There are some other interesting topics we discuss that kind of relate to just how malleable the mind is. So how open we are to outside forces, outside thoughts kind of shaping how we think and how we react. And in that, we discuss how the effects of like positive affirmations and moving past limiting beliefs can really just help you reclaim your life as your own. Britt shares in here how at one point someone, you know, once told her that she would never be anything more than her eating disorder when she was in treatment. Like they told her that it would be with her for the rest of her life. She would never move past it. And it almost, it's like it takes on a persona of who am I without this eating disorder? Well, guess what? It's 2020 now and Britt is absolutely thriving on life. I've had the pleasure of staying with her in her old New York City apartment and watching how, like, she's just a normal person around food. And then if, like, you know her background with eating disorders, like, it's amazing to see how she's done a 180 with her life and it's truly inspiring to me and I'm sure to many of you others. So I'm going to say it right here and right now that this is the most powerful episode of, I think I've done 50 episodes now, this is the most powerful one and you can expect I will definitely be having Bert on again, I'm certain, because I've just, I've never recorded with someone as, I don't even know, as as powerful as Bert and I don't mean powerful as in like Oof, she's buff strong, though she is strong. I mean, powerful as in the way she shares and the way she's evolved over these past few years is just amazing. Like, will throw you for a loop, give you chills, and that's why I'm just so excited for you to listen to it. I'm honored to have you all listen to it, and I hope it resonates with you in some way or another. And if you think it might resonate with someone else going through eating disorder, depression, some of the other issues that we talk in this, send it to them honestly, I just, I think podcast episodes like this, ones that are truly powerful, have the power to change your, change your thoughts, change your mindset, and I truly hope this one does that for you. So, if it does, or if you like it, just want to let us know your thoughts, you can find Bert on Instagram at the Banana Diaries, and she shares in this episode why her account is called that, and I'm on Instagram at thrive underscore on life or at let's thrive the podcast. Everything link is linked below, and as I mentioned before, Britt is a very talented chef, baker, photographer. I mean, her account is insane. It's grown. 
immensely. She has some exciting things happening in 2020. Can't say anything else, but you can find all the links below. Her website is thebananadiaries.com. Truly a light in this world. I'm honored to have you guys listen to her and let's start this new year out right, okay? No matter what you do, you don't have to feel pressure to do anything, but just thank you for being here, for listening, for all the support in 2019 and all the continued support I hope in 2020. The reviews are lovely, the ratings are great, and every one of you that subscribes or leaves a rate and review, it just makes me smile so big. Smiling right now, hopefully you can hear it in my voice. So now let's get this started and jump into this conversation with Britt Berlin. As you guys know, I'm all about eating a whole foods diet and supplementing when necessary for optimal health and wellness. That's why I'm so passionate about a favorite brand of mine and sponsor of the podcast, Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition offers hemp and CBD products that can enhance your daily wellness routine and aid in your health journey. Their products are organically grown, vigorously tested, and responsibly sourced in their home base of Colorado. And in case you're like I was just a few months ago, confused as to what CBD, hemp, or any of this means, let me explain. Hemp is in the same group as cannabis, but contains less than 0.3% of THC. It has been used and consumed by humans for ages and is a great source of plant-based protein, rich in essential amino acids, and supplies healthy omega-3 and 6 fats. Cured offers a variety of hemp products, like their hemp hearts that you can sprinkle on meals, blend in a smoothie, or bake into cookies. And the product I use daily is their mint hemp oil. I take a dose each morning and have seen immense relief of that early morning anxiety that so many of us can experience. More so, I firmly believe it's helped with my joint pain, which is something I've struggled with for two plus years now. In my last three months of testing cured products, I have seen drastic improvement. No more stretching four times a day just to relieve my joints, and I'm serious on that one. Now CBD, aka cannabidiloy, Did I say that right? (laughs) It's a natural compound that is found in hemp and similar to THC, yet is not non-psychoactive. So no, it does not get you high. Cured has so many options for this too. Everything from a body salve to dog treats, cookie dough, gel caps, and my personal favorites, the Zen and Rise capsules. I take the Cured Zen capsule every night for deep sleep and improved digestion. Thanks to their blend of CBD, magnesium, and super herbs such as ashwagandha and chamomile, I get a deep night's sleep plus the improved digestion from magnesium. The cured rise capsules are perfect for morning and act as like a natural stimulus to get you going. The blend is caffeine-free but composed of focus aids such as rhodiola and ginseng to craft the ideal nootropic supplement. Now I really need this with my fatigue. That early morning, it just gets me going gets my brain alert, and I'm ready for the day. If you'd like to learn more about Cured Nutrition and their products, you can find them at curednutrition.com. And if you'd like to try a product or two, go ahead and use my code, Let's Thrive, to save $10 on your first order of $50 or more. Now there's no better time than the present to try something new and see the benefits of Cured Nutrition in your life. Well, to start off, this is something that I've been meaning to ask you, and I feel like a lot of people would be, but where did you get the name for your Instagram and blog, The Banana Diaries? Funny one. Um, okay, so, well, banana was my first word, so, and I've always, like, that was, like, the only food that I would eat when I was, like, up until, like, the age of three or something, so, like, I've always been obsessed with bananas, 
Um, but then back in college, I actually started like a really, really janky version of a blog. It was called Balance and Bananas. And it was just literally like I would post like random recipes or like, you know how like blogging used to be really much about like blogging about your day? So I would do that. Nobody read it or anything, but like that was my thing. And then like I just stopped doing that because I got really into like school stuff. And then I graduated and I really, I don't know, I've always been reading blogs like since high school. I'm a huge follower of like Sally's Baking Addiction. Um, and so I really wanted to start a blog again and I didn't want to do balance and bananas, but I still wanted that banana thing. So that, that kind of gave birth to the banana diaries and like a blog is like a diary anyway. So yeah, that's my name. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I was similar to you and that in high school, it was like, whenever I didn't want to do my homework, I just would go to a blog and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like you're reading all about their day. And so yeah. So yeah. when did you decide to start the Instagram then? Like you started the blog and then what came, like, when did that happen with Instagram? So the Instagram, I did it a little bit backwards. I did the Instagram oh. first and then, um, but nobody knows that, which like I, I'm fine with. Um, but so I basically, so I was a copywriter for a pharma ad agency in New York and um, it was almost a year out of college. I just like was feeling really unfulfilled with that. Um, and like really kind of stifled in my creativity. So I started my Instagram, um, in the spring of 2017. And, um, then I, like I spent a year basically doing just Instagram and then I added the blog component to it afterwards. So it's been really like a little over a year of like actually having a blog, um, and like almost a year of doing it full time. So it's weird. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing to watch it progress and just take off. But thank you. Yeah. Well, so anyone who does follow you on social media or your blog or anything knows that you are just the most bubbly, positive, yet real. Like you share the real stuff too. You're just an amazing human being. But like so many of us, like you've had your moments too where you're just kind of loss, like kind of in some darker times with disordered eating and depression and not really knowing <laughs> what you're doing in life. So to maybe start back, could you take us back a bit and we'll walk through the journey and the transformation you've made to get to this place today where you are like you're thriving. And <laughs> I just think it's important for people to see, you know, maybe if they're in that dark place now, they can, they can get here too. Like they can make that transformation as well. So would you mind taking us back a bit and explaining that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, well, first off, no one's journey is like straight linear, this like beautiful progression of growth, which we all like to do because I don't know, that's how like we've evolved to tell stories, but man, it was like a windy road. Um, and it's also interesting too, because when I struggled with anorexia, I, you know, social media wasn't that huge. Like nowadays, like people going through, I just feel like it's a totally different struggle almost because now, you know, people see photos of you. Like those are almost like timeless. Like they're always there. Like looking back, like I wasn't, I thankfully, like I don't have many photos of me during that time. And I don't think that I would want to look at that either, but it's not like, you know, I think it, it's much less, it's, it's easier to not compare to my past self, which I think is like an important part of it is that like, you don't necessarily want to keep reliving the past. Um, so that component is definitely interesting, but so to answer your question, um, so I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 12 years old. Um, I, it was right after a gymnastics accident and basically 
it that accident I broke my arm severely um and I was out of gymnastics so like that was like my control thing um and I struggled with anorexia up until I was about 20 years old and during that time I also you know developed depression as well um you know I was in and out of treatment facilities when, when I was in high school constantly seeing therapists and dietitians um nothing was really clicking and it's interesting because like I remember my first session with a dietitian ever after my diagnosis um my mom asked you know like how long is this going to be like just like a month or something and you know she was like well like let's take it a day at a time and like see how she regresses like it's been almost a decade which is is scary to think about like that like how much time you spent in a dark place but um there's there's a lot of growth to be had and i don't think anyone's journey is the same or like like we want to map out like this linear healing for ourselves but like everyone's journey is going to be so different and just knowing that you can you can get to the other side that people have been through it um i think is really important so the turning point in me for me was um my freshman year of college i was extraordinarily unhappy and unfortunately i also was sexually assaulted and that catapulted my um my eating disorder like way down to the bottom like it was like rock bottom um and i basically just i had two options it was either go into treatment again um and not be able to transfer because i had so desperately wanted to transfer schools at that point i just wanted to get out um or it was get better on my own and um i had already been through and i don't recommend this for everyone because um like part of me wishes that like i i did have a more um more help during that time but i just decided to take it into my own hands i was like i'm getting out like in order to transfer i had to complete that year so i basically like put myself through a treatment plan and gained the weight in order to get out and i transferred to georgetown um and i got there and you know the physical part of healing is only like a fraction of the actual healing so i had done all this work to physically get there like my you know i got my period back um after not having it for like 7 years um and it it still wasn't consistent after that which is like a whole other can of worms too um but so i was still like mentally just like so not there um and i started to dip back into my eating disorder and like searching for that control i had no idea what I, what i wanted to do in life and like you know at georgetown everyone is so motivated and like so career driven and you know they're all doing these wonderful things and it's hard to to feel like oh not like that you're special but like it's it's hard to feel like you're you're doing as as well as everyone else um cuz there's so much comparison and i think that's true for a lot of college campuses um but you know everyone is working so hard and my ocd which you know i think that was what that was what kept my grades afloat like i was always like that straight a student um and i just like felt this need to continue to work and stuff so i i was working so hard studying and everything and that dipped me into depression um at the time i was also on medication for um depression and ocd and you know my eating disorder and um it just wasn't working and I just slipped so far into depression. I the only time that I would get out of bed was to go to class or to the library. Um so I was very much like if you saw me out like you wouldn't probably think like you'd think that she's like just a shy girl. So like I was very much like a functional depressed person. Um but I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't hang with hang out with friends. Um and it got to the point where I tried to take my life. Um and I won't go into any of that detail because I don't want to trigger anyone. Um but that was you know a really really scary 
time in my life um, and a really, really scary time for the people that I loved as well. Like, you know, at that point, like my friends were falling to the wayside, but they're the ones that, that stopped me from it. Um, and they got me help and I ended up going into uh, treatment for that. Um, and you know, that wasn't like, I still didn't have that motivation to get better. I was just kind of like angry at the world. Um, and shortly after my attempt, my friend Adam actually ended up, ended up taking his own life. And that rocked me. Um, there was a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings that like I've never thought were possible for a human. Like you feel, you know, guilt and shame. Like I felt so guilty that I was still there and he wasn't. Um, I felt so angry with him that he did that. And, you know, like, why wasn't he here? And like, why didn't he get help? Even though like he was getting help. Um, and I also just, you know, felt so guilty that like I wasn't there for him. And, you know, it's, it's this weird feeling because like you're so young and you expect them to still like, it's a weird feeling to think that like you can't call them up ever again. Um, and so that, that was a whole, I, I struggled with that guilt for about two years afterwards. Um, just like feeling like I was kind of just going through the motions of life, like trying to figure out like why I was still here and like he wasn't. And I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. Um, so you know, I graduated college. Um, I ended up graduating college. I didn't have to, you know, repeat any classes or anything. I was able to continue that while I was in treatment. Um, but it, it took a lot of mental resilience too. Like there were, you know, while you're in treatment, like you have to find the motivation to get up every day and you have to find the motivation to do the work. And so I struggled a lot with my purpose, but like I tried to set these manageable goals for myself. So like making my bed, was the first thing in the morning like that is just like and I still talk about that too it's like you know every day that you get up like make your bed like that's your first accomplishment that you can be proud of and you know it sounds so small and silly but it's actually huge and like it does so much for your mind um and then you know like when I was in treatment like when as soon as I moved to more outpatient um you know I'd get up every day, go to the outpatient. And then instead of getting back in bed, which is what I used to do when I you know first started, I would stay up and I would paint. And that's something that's like really a big part of me is my artwork. Um, so I would find little things like that to keep me motivated, but I still, you know, graduated college, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I got into copywriting um, for a pharma ad agency because I'd studied linguistics in college. Um, and I got into the corporate world, um, was living in New York City, and I just, fell right back into depression. My, my eating disorder was pretty tame at that point, um, but I still wasn't all the way there. And I was kind of frustrated at that point. I was like, you know, I've done this for, you know, 10 years, like I should be better by now. Like what's, you know, what's the deal here? And at that point I realized I was, I was sitting back and, and allowing other people to do the work for me. Like there was moments where like I was doing the work, but I hadn't really comprehended that like, in order to get better, I had to do the work. People can offer me all the help that they want, but I have to do the work. Nobody can do this for me. And so I started reading about the mind and why I thought the way that I did. I started reading up about OCD and depression and eating disorders, anxiety. And I tried to kind of, I, you know, I was also still seeing a therapist at the time, but very much like, you know, it was, you know, once a week or like, you know, twice a month. Um, and I really just like, was putting into practice what I was learning and reading about. And, um, I, I found out how malleable the mind is too, and how easily we're, we're tricked and deceived. Um, and I'm not saying that like anyone is going out there doing that purposely, but you know, 
like we have these stories in our head, these limiting beliefs of like how things should go. Like I was told constantly, I'm going to be the person that struggles with anorexia for the rest of my life. I'll never hold a full-time job. I'll never have a family. I'll never get, you know, healthy again, like physically, because that was a huge thing. Like when you don't have your period for seven years, like you do a lot of damage to your body. Um, and so I just like dove into that. And so that was at the time that I was a copywriter and I wasn't feeling so fulfilled with that. And, you know, at that point, I was starting to get over the guilt of Adam too. And so I decided that instead of like sitting here living like a half-ass life, oh, shoot, sorry, I don't No, 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 we swear all the time. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, instead of like living this, you know, shell of a life, like he's not here, but I am. So I should be living every single moment as if it's my last. And that's like a weird mindset to have, but I just didn't want to waste any second at all. And like, you know, it's not that, you don't have to like think about like, you know, get into the minutia of like, you know, making sure that every moment counts. But like, it was just like, I didn't want to waste my life anymore. Like I, you know, I wanted to be happy. And I, it took a lot of learning that like my happiness was right here, um, that I could control my thoughts. And so I started getting into meditation as well. I started reading about, um, you know, meditation through Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I read um, a few books by Dr. Sue Mortar and also Dr. Kelly Brogan. Fantastic people, um, really life-changing their stuff. Um, but meditation to me was not so much about stress relief as it was about getting comfortable with being with myself. Because at that time, I hated myself. Like, you know, you go through all this, you know, self-work and everything, but you, if you don't like yourself, like none of it is going to work. Um, and so I had to learn how to sit with myself and get comfortable with myself and learn how to actually love myself. And it's not like the trendy self-care, self-love thing that people talk about. Like, it's truly like, you know, I want to be here. I want to live. I want to make an impact on this world. And I like who I am. I've accepted my mistakes because, you know, we're all human. We make a ton of mistakes, but we also do things right. And, um, you know, just continuing to press forward with that. Um, and so I think it's, it's funny too, because I think that, you know, every recovery story, like there is like an element of spirituality to it. Um, like if you look at recovering alcoholics or recovering drug addicts, people with eating disorders, um, depression, like there is an element of spirituality. And so I definitely dove into that with the meditation and I found freedom. Um, I stopped caring so much. Like I literally, it's funny. Cause like 10 years ago, like 90% of my thoughts were consumed about food. I literally could care less about what I would have for lunch today. Like it's, and it's funny too, cause like I'm a food blog, but like literally that part of my life is just so, it's like a different me. And same with the depressed version of me too. Like I just, and, and you know, I have compassion for that person too, but it's just, it's wild to see how much you can change as long as you continue to do the work and you continue to make like small steps. Um, and don't be afraid of a quote unquote setback because I don't think that there are any setbacks. I think that everything happens for us. Nothing is happening to us. And once we switch that mindset, it's like the floodgates open. Like your world is your own. You can literally do anything you want. And also like stop believing what people tell you. Like you can't sit there and believe like if someone's going to like the, the thing that changed for me was when someone told me that, you know, you can recover from eating disorder fully. You don't have to live this prison, which like in treatment, I was told that all the time, like literally just like, Oh, like you're going to deal with this. Like when you're 42, like that's just going to be your life. You're never going to be the same. It's so not true. I met one dietitian and she changed it all for me. And that was like what catapulted me into like, okay, so like if that's true, then it could be true for depression too. It could be true for OCD. It could be true for what I want to do with my life. Like nobody thought that, you know, 
you can make a living doing what I'm doing, but like here, there are so many examples of people and all you have to do, it, all you need is really one example. And if you don't have an example, be the example because literally everything is, everything that you think is possible. Like it's within the realm of possibility. There's a frequency that you can match it to. Um, whether that's plausible, like that's up to you. Like you have to take those steps towards it. Um, and the more you take the steps towards it, the more plausible it becomes. So you're, you're in control of your life. Like you don't have to sit on the sidelines or be told what to do. Like you can create it. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. So that was a very long winded version of how I got here, but, um, yeah, that's me. I'm just, I'm just like speechless because I, you know, I've known you for a while, but I, I didn't know all of that. And I'm just amazed. I mean, you're just like a next level human being and not even in a, you know, like your better way. I just mean in the fact of your mind is so expanded and that's so evident, you know, when you're talking and I, so like, the whole reason I wanted to have you on this podcast is because I knew that just when I got you to start talking, you would just be connecting with so many people. And I just, that's what I like wanted this for. And, you know, I first found you because of your course, you did a healing 360 course. And I'm not even joking when I say that you in that course changed my life because that was the moment I realized what orthorexia was. I realized I had it. And you were so kind in showing me that I still had it without making me want to run away and ignore it. You made me want to face my demons and like move past it. And I just listening to you talk just reminded me of so many things that like I didn't even realize, but like you taught me like along the way. And one of those. Yeah. And so I just I mean, obviously, one, thank you. And two, <laughs> if anyone's listening, like definitely go find Brett. And I mean, you share so many snippets day by day in your stories of this, but, and then we're going to delve into a lot of it right now too. But one of the most, I think like, well, there's been a few lessons you taught me that were huge, but the one that I wanted to start with is with gratitude. So obviously in a lot of what you were just talking about, I'm sure there were moments where you had to try to find this gratitude practice. And it sounds like a basic concept, you know, like, oh, of course I'm grateful for my life, but it's like, are you really? Like, how are you expressing that gratitude? And that was something I never contemplated until I was actually with you in New York City and you and Jared sat down and you did your gratitude practice at night. And it just made me feel so different inside. And I brought that home and I put it into work at our own household. And now Whenever I'm having those dark, dark moments that still come, I'm not even joking. I stop and I just, I say three things I'm grateful for right now. And so I'm just, you know, forever in debt to you for teaching me that. But I'd love to hear like your thoughts. Have you expand upon the idea of gratitude and how more specifically you've implemented it into your routine to help you through this entire journey you've been on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, First of all, I'm so happy to hear that. Like, that's amazing. Because I think that gratitude, like, you, when you start appreciating the little things, like, everything just comes for you. Like, you start realizing that there's so much more to be grateful for and you, things just flow into your life. But, um, yeah, gratitude was a huge part of it. And it took me a while to learn. Like, there were moments where I was just, like, angry with the world, like, thought everything was happening to me. And that's, you know, gratitude really shifted that for me. It was 
you know, when I started realizing that like I have these beautiful things in place and, you know, I don't know. It just, it makes you like when you have that appreciation for life, everything is more enjoyable. Like when you start, you know, we, I think we go through, we, we go through our lives on autopilot and we just kind of forget everything that like actually has happened to get us to this place. And when you start bringing in like, okay, like I have this job, like I'm getting, like, even if you're like having a really bad day at work, like if you start thinking like, okay, I have this job, I'm getting money in and I can pay for my bills. I can pay for groceries to feed my family. I can pay for my living. I get to work with awesome people. Yeah. They get on my nerves sometimes, but like at the end of the day, they're also human and they're good people. And you, if you're enjoying the work that you do, if you're not enjoying the work that you do, at least like it's a stepping stone for you to realize the work that you want to do. So everything happens for you. So like, if you're not doing work that you love, like that's an answer right there that you don't like that. And you should be grateful that you've now had that experience so you can move towards something else. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing what being just appreciating small things can do. And it, it builds upon it. Like, you know, there are so many studies that show that like gratitude leads to just like a happier life. You live longer. Like it's just, but it, we, we don't, we only come around like, you know, Thanksgiving to be grateful for, like it is an everyday thing. Um, and you don't start appreciating. It's unfortunate because I think a lot of people don't start appreciating things until like they've lost something, but I, it doesn't have to be that way. It can start now. Um, and just going back to the whole, like things happen for you instead of to you, like bad situations. Like I can look back and I, and I had so much guilt for my eating disorder and depression and everything. And I can now be grateful for it because it's helped, you know, my family, myself, everyone around me be stronger people. And yeah, like it was a lot of work, but it was so worth it. Like I wouldn't change anything now. Like I'm, I'm happy that I went through it because I'm doing everything that I've always wanted to do. So I, it's just, gratitude is a beautiful thing and it's free too. Like, And it takes you know, five minutes of your day, you can even just say like for 10 seconds, like just like remembering even the smallest thing. So like one of the things that I find is the easiest when you're first starting out is like being grateful for a pet because, you know, with humans, sometimes we have that emotional attachment to them. And like, we like remember some of the bad things that they've done to us, but oftentimes like a pet never does anything to us except like pee on a carpet, which like you can't be mad at. So like when I was first starting out, like I was super grateful for my pets, like Nala and Cosmo. And that just brings so much love into your heart. And it's easier to build upon that when you have that first, like true feeling of gratitude and it can grow too. And at first it might feel like kind of fake, like saying like you're, you're grateful for things in your life. But like when you really, and it's also more about the quality than the quantity. So it's not like you have to list like 20 things that you're grateful for. It's more important that you're really grateful for those few small things because then it leads to more things for you to be grateful for. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would start out with, with gratitude. Yeah. And like you said before, the mind is so malleable and I honestly think gratitude, I mean, it just shifts your entire perspective. So what I found when I implemented it, for my dad and my brother is they are definitely more on the pessimistic range if you want to label them like that and when yeah. i started to teach them gratitude i noticed that they were like less prone to go for the negative and they were more likely to have like a hopeful perspective or even a positive perspective and this yeah. was groundbreaking to me because i've lived with them 19 years now and i've never seen them think and act this way so i think it's I mean, gratitude, it 
changes your brain. Like it changes the way you think and perspective perceive life. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you think about it too, like the glass, the glass of water example is like so easy. Like it's just a glass of water, but like how you perceive it, whether it's half full or half empty, like that's literally your perspective and it can flip like a dime. So, but like it never, like, that's the thing is like, we're so quick to like judge things too and like place like oh, a positive or a negative on something or like a yes or no, or like, you know, for, for food too, like good or bad, like something is what it is like without anything. Like we weren't here to place that judgment on it. Like it'd just be what it is. But then that just shows you like how flexible reality is. Like, you know, you could look at the sky and like there's one cloud in, in the sky and be like, oh, it's a horrible day. Or you could look at it and be like, oh, well, like the birds are singing, like there's leaves everywhere, like the trees are doing well. I don't know. It's just like the smallest things you can just flip like a switch. It's fascinating. Yeah. And when you mentioned the water, that reminded me too. another, this blew my mind. But when you showed me the water molecule, so this goes into how our thoughts are so powerful and I think this is important for everyone and especially if you're having disordered eating depression anxiety like to understand how powerful the mind and our thoughts are like blew me away and it still blows me away so can you expand upon that experiment in particular and just what you took from it yeah so Dr. Emoto did a study on water where he had, um, you know, several glasses of water and they, he would have people direct their thoughts to it. So it would be like, you know, thoughts of gratitude, thoughts of happiness, love, and also anger and hatred and like disgust and stuff. And then he studied those molecules under a microscope and it was like insane what he found. So like the ones with anger and hatred and all that, it was just like chaos. The molecules were so like in disarray. And then with gratitude and love and happiness, it was like this perfectly crystalline structure for each one. And you know, there were variations of it too, but it was just so perfect and ideal. Um, and that was all their thoughts. Like I don't think people realize like how powerful our thoughts are. Like, it's not just like, it's, it's not make believe like it, you know, a sound wave exists, but we can't physically see it. Like same with our, our thoughts. Like we can't see the thought, but like it's there and it's having an impact. And if you like your thoughts are, you know, you have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day and you're unconscious of most of them. So to then, and that's where meditation comes into it too. Like that's where you can really start to rewrite those limiting beliefs and those negative thoughts. But like, if you're feeding on negative thoughts all day, like, yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty bad life. You're not going to feel happy day to day. But if you really, you know, hone in on what you're grateful for, start to change those limiting beliefs, everything flips for you. And like, you know, you just, you're, you're not in fear mode too. Like, which is what we talked about with food. Like, being in like your thoughts your mind controls what your body reacts to like your, your body doesn't know like if you're in front of a lion or whatever but your your mind perceives that and it tells the body to go into fear mode and you're supposed to run but we've now like become so accustomed to being in fear mode like you know being in a fight with a loved one that sends you into that fight or flight anxiety panic attack when like it's really there's nothing to be you know afraid of in that moment um and so when we get control of our thoughts, like we can also control our you know, body reactions too. And we don't have to live in that because anxiety, like that does not feel good in the body. Like that's a pretty heavy emotion. And so it's easier to live not in anxiety. And so when we control our thoughts, like that's going to help your body too. Um, yeah. I, I mean, our thoughts just like our, our thoughts dictate reality. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, yeah. And you think about like how much water is the human body composed of yeah, yeah and like if <laughs> yeah and if we're thinking those bad thoughts about ourselves or just about other things like how is that going to screw up our physical and our mind I mean it just 
it's insane when you think about it. And it's true. Like how many people say, you know, like when they de-stress their life and they kind of like find their true, true like self, like their health problems start to go away or like they lose weight. Like there's so many ways the body sheds that like negative energy when you, when you can like shift your mindset. So that's, that always fascinates me too. But yeah. Dr. Joe, he had this great quote that, and I'm not saying like, you know, like eating organic food, like isn't important or like, you know, being conscious of like the matter outside of you. But he said that like, if you're only, you know, like eating organic food and everything, but you're still living like by the hormones of stress on a day-to-day basis, like all you have is organic stress, which isn't much better than regular stress. I don't think it is better to be honest. So like, getting like we can do all these wonderful things like starting to exercise more or whatever or like eating better food but like at the end of the day like it's our mindset that changes things it's not anything else and once people realize that the answers are all always within like that's when you feel more empowered to go and and do this stuff like i feel like we give away our power so easily when it is all like you know people will always ask for like the secret formula to like the success of like a blog or something or like getting better and stuff. And nobody wants to hear that it's hard work, that it's, it's actually like you doing the work, like those answers are within you and stuff. Like there's no magic pill that can cure, you know, or I mean, I I don't want to get into that, but like, you know, there's no magic pill to like success or like living your best life. Like it really is just like about you within. Yeah. And as you mentioned before, sometimes you need a tool like meditation to go within Mm-hmm. And even discover like who you are. I mean, something you said earlier that really hit home with me. And I was actually thinking of it this morning when I was thinking of a conversation. And it's just the idea of like, I can't remember like who I was like seven months ago, even, you know, right. like that was when I first started this entire journey of healing, like mind, body, spirit, as I like to say it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize that until the one day I was in the balance blondes, um, her course, her meditation. And I was super deep in it. And I just realized all of a sudden, like, I'm just, I feel like I, you know, when I was going through all my hardships, I distanced myself from my body. It was like, I fragmented, you know, body from mind. And that was why, you know, I just was stuck in these cycles and patterns and the thoughts that weren't like, quote unquote, mine, you know, like they were from disordered eating, stuff like that. Like they would control me. And then something shifted and it was like mind and body like reconnected. And now it's like, so I read the untethered soul too. And it's the idea of deciding like what are thought, like there's, it's so crazy. I don't know. It's so confusing (laughs) and crazy, but to realize like not all the thoughts in your head are like actually yours. If that makes any sense. Uh Uh-huh. That's complete sense. Also like, have you ever seen like, you know, a group of people take on everyone's energy, like, you know, the mob mentality or whatever, like, those aren't your thoughts necessarily, but you've now adopted them to be your thoughts. So like, being able to discern what's yours and what's not. And even if like, your thoughts are the negative ones, like, that's okay, too. You can also say like, that's not mine anymore. Like, just like, goodbye, like, I don't need you right now. And, you know, send it away with love, whatever you want to do. But like, being able to like, find that power within you to like, like just say like what what is yours and what's not like that's also like so important and can like propel your growth like no other um that's really cool too like I mean the the whole like you know 
connecting your soul back to your body too. I, Dr. Sue talks about that too. Like our, our consciousness field, like is expands, you know, up to like eight feet outside of our body, which I don't understand all of that stuff, but you know, I, I read about it. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, it's sometimes you read those things and they don't make sense. And sometimes they do. And, you know, on this idea of ideas and energy, just being pretty much free, free flowing. I'm now reading big magic, which you first recommended that to me. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. And that's just, it's connecting to so many thoughts of my own, (laughs) um, of just the idea of, you know, there's ideas, there's thoughts, there's energy just all around us. And if you don't have an idea of who you really are or like what's really yours, that's when it's like all of a sudden you're like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? And it's, I just feel like that's where we find so much confusion and a need to control and I just, and anxiety, like I feel so much comes from, from not knowing how to go within and really find our like true being, I suppose. I don't know how to call it, but. (laughs) Absolutely. No, but that's so like in thinking back to like the eating disorder too and depression and stuff like that stuff becomes a part of your identity for so long. Like that was my thing. I was like, Oh, like I'm not the best artist. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the top student or whatever, but like, yeah, I could be top in my eating disorder. Like that's not something to be proud of, but like that was my identity. And so as soon as that was lost, it was like, I was mourning that, but I also didn't know what to fill it with. And so, I mean, it's, it's scary at first to think of that. Like you could think that like, it's like a really scary thing to not know who you are, but you can also think of it as like an opportunity to create and, and rediscover yourself. And I, you know, like we're so quick to like shut down our childhood, but like that was when like our true selves were. And so if you can like reconnect with that, like everything that we do today too is based on stuff that happened, you know, in the past and in our childhood, that's, that's what has shaped us to be who we are. And so if we can remember that, we can go back to that, I think. And also now with this new healed mentality too, um, and a better version of ourselves, like that's, you know, who we are. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to like being able to rediscover your identity and get comfortable with who you are outside of, you know, the struggles and stuff. Cause we, we place all these labels on ourselves that like you're a sister, you're a daughter, you're a mother, you're a wife, whatever it is, you know, your husband, you're a contractor, you're whatever it is. Um, but that really isn't who we are. Like that's our three D selves, but like who we are. And that's also what helps us, you know, create these brands too, because nobody wants, you know, a second, like, like a famous person, I don't know, like a second Miley Cyrus, like she's her own entity, but you can be your own entity and people are going to come to, like, that's what I, like with blogging too, like I've heard a few of my friends say like, oh, like I don't want to create a chocolate chip cookie recipe because that's been done so many times, like nobody's going to care, but your people care, your community cares and they want to see that from you because you have your own unique twist to it and they're going to come for your recipe. They're not going to come for another blogger's recipe, if that makes sense. So like really owning who you are and being, you know, true to your unique self and like being okay with everything about you, like that's gonna, that's gonna help you to just thrive and also just to find yourself and find your community too. Because I think that, you know, it's so, in you know, as we're, as we're growing up and stuff, it's kind of hard to find our people and like that will always change. People will come in and out of our lives. But like, if you can find that true core, like when you're your true self, like that's when you find those people. Yeah. And like you said before, a lot of times we're looking outside of ourselves for answers and validation. And it's interesting now, there's so much movement of doing the inner child work. And I firmly believe like we're born and our 
purest form, like our truest self. And then like the moment that things start happening in life, it's like all these conditions and labels are put on you. And then, and then, you know, you get these people where they seem so spiritually woke or like they just have their shit together. And in reality, it's like, well, maybe they're like going within and they're reconnecting with that child self. And they're going back to the time when you could strip away all the labels and the conditioning. And I think, yeah, it's, it's insane. And like you said, that's then finding your unique brand, your unique blend of what you have to offer to the world and finding your tribe. So that is very critical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually fascinating too, because like, you know, a lot of people talk about like being like at the age of seven, like that in in linguistics, we actually talked about that as like being like the critical age for like the cutoff of language learning when really, you know, there are studies of people. And I mean, there are people in the world that learn a language and fluently too, and really, really well um, as if it was their own way later in life. And it all has to do with, you know, this mentality. And there's also, I mean, like going back to the child work, like people always say like things get cemented around that time at the age of seven, which makes sense. Like that's when I think your brainwaves start to shift into, um, you know, it's, I'm not so, you know, secure on that neuroscience, but I know like from what I've read, like that seems to be, what happens and so if you can like go back to that time like it's all it is is just being able to be you know and we flip into that too when we're watching commercials is being susceptible to different messages and you want to be susceptible to the good messages because that's what's going to cement and like that's what meditation does it's like you're able to go back and like be more susceptible and um you're able to perceive like a different reality through that that shift um so it is, I, I think meditation is really important and I wish that more people would do it just because, I mean, if you're going for the stress benefit or, you know, the stress relief, like that's great too. Um, but I think that, you know, you could, you really could live a, a better life. You become less reactive to things. Um, you, you know, like, I think you're more comfortable and confident in who you are. Um, and I, I just, it you do just live a better life. Like you're, you're a happier person and it doesn't have, you don't have to go to like a mountain to do this. This is free. And there was, you know, I've seen a few people say that like meditation is the luxury and I truly don't believe it's a luxury. Like it's free. Like you can literally wake up. I mean, I get up at four thirty AM to make time for meditation. Like you can do whatever you need to do in order to do it. And you don't need like a whole guide on how to meditate. Like just sitting there with your thoughts is the first step. I mean, how do you think they figured it out way back when? Like, you know, that's like how things evolve. Um, so I, I highly recommend meditation. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Well, yeah. And like you said, it's about like making the time, like we, there's so many other things we're willing to sacrifice our time for Instagram, all this stuff, but like we can't chisel out 10 minutes, even maybe a bit longer or shorter, whatever to do just like to go within. And, you know, something I couldn't do it in silence when I first started I still go on and off but I can't so much be in silence yet but when you told me about um binaural beats yeah I like I have a whole catalog of them on YouTube now and yeah those are power like I I just put one of those on and it's it's like once I get into it I tune those out anyway but they help like focus I think help me focus on kind of like a on starting so if anyone needs like help getting started, like find a guided meditation or try the binaural beats or yeah, just try sitting in silence for once. 
and meditative mind on YouTube. I don't know if you follow them, but they they have great different frequencies too okay. um, to listen to. I, I really like them. But yeah, it it's free. Like you know, the time is gonna pass anyway, so you might as well like you know do something to help yourself. Yeah. Are there any other practices besides like gratitude and meditation that you do on a daily basis or every now and then to really help like maintain just the outlook that you do have on life and to, to keep everything going, going well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so one thing that I always strive for, and this is daily, like if it's raining, if it's snowing, whatever, like I just make an effort to get outside first thing in the morning. So like I'll do my meditation and then whether or not I'm working out that day, like I still go outside. Like even if it's just to like sit on a bench, like just being outside, I, I think that we, we live so much of our lives under these fluorescent lights. I don't think that it's good for us. I can't back that up, but I just think that we're happier people when we're outside um, and in nature. And so that's like the first thing that I do. And it's really cool. Like when you think about all the things that exist, like in how the world works in harmony, like you just like sitting out in nature, I'm going to sound like some like, you know, freaky, like, I don't know, like spinster that just like sits outside. But I like, it truly is an incredible, like, you know, how everything works so harmoniously. And, um, that just kind of, I think it, it helps to change your outlook to be more positive. Um, and it also, I think that like finding time for yourself, like we're so freaking connected to social media and our email and our work and, you know, checking up on our loves, which like we should be checking up on our loved ones, but like, we don't have to give, give, give all the time. Like we can take time for ourselves. So like, that's what I start to do everything, every, every, every morning, like first thing in the morning, I take, you know, and I get up early, like I take two hours because I like taking two hours for myself to just like connect and be okay with like me before I go and give to the world, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so that's what really helps me. Um, also just, you know, being like not getting so into, into the woods, like you doing this work, like being an entrepreneur and you know, whether or not you're an entrepreneur, like, you know, being so in the day-to-day -day mindset that you forget to like kind of scale back and look at the bigger picture and step out of the forest. Um, that helps you kind of reassess your goals, reassess where you are and also have a greater appreciation for where you are. So like you could start complaining that like you're not where you want to be, um, you know, right now, or like you should have been there. Um, but when you scale back, like everything has happened in your life, like to get you to this point and it's like in perfect timing. And the more that we're okay with where we are, like that's the whole thing about being in the present moment versus being in the future or the past. Like you're, you're okay with where you are. And I think it actually gets you to where you want to be faster. Um, so being able to like look at the bigger picture, but also being able to look at the details, like just, you know, going back and forth between the two um, and just like, you know, being in the present moment, um, we scrolling through social media, like, that's not exactly being in the present moment. There are wonderful people out there on social media, but do try to limit your time and like, don't forget to live your life. Like there's that Albus Dumbledore quote that like, you know, it doesn't do, it doesn't do well to dwell on dreams. Um, you know, you should, you should live your life and that's not through the, the screen, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's like the idea, nobody wants to be stagnant in life, but when yeah. I feel like, you know, sometimes we just, I don't know, we have a goal in mind, first instance. And we're like, when I get to X amount of followers, I'll be happy. So it's oh, like, you just God. go day by day by day. And that's all, like, that's all your big picture is. And then next thing you know, it's months past and maybe you met it, maybe you didn't. And 
I don't know. It's like, this has happened to me in other scenarios where all of a sudden it's like, I wake up. Like you said, you see outside of the forest and you're like, what was I just doing for all that time? And some of it was good, but at the same time, it's kind of like what you said. If, if you can go back and forth between, you know, like small picture, big picture, constantly moving, not reaching stagnation, it really helps you realize, okay, I'm doing this every day and it's not benefiting me. Maybe I can switch that out for meditation in the morning instead. Or, you know, it's, it's kind of allowing yourself to reevaluate every day or every other day and see what do I need right now? Like, what do I need in this present moment? Not what do I want in the future? Or what am I still brewing about that happened in the past? And I think that's so critical for, you know, whether it's business, emotional health, mental health, everything. Yeah. And it's so funny because I feel like people are so afraid to be in the present moment because they're so afraid that that means stagnation, but it doesn't like, that's how you grow is like being right here and right now. So you're aware of everything that is happening so that you're more privy to, you know, taking a better step versus, you know, something, taking something in haste, which I think so many people do. Um, and it's funny too, cause like, I think about like, you know, I, I have so many friends that like, they literally, they wake up and like they're rushing to work and then like, they can't wait for the day to be over so that they can rush to dinner. And then they can't wait for dinner to be over so they can rush to bed. Like if you just like stop and breathe for a moment, like you're going to enjoy your life better. And you're also just going to reach your goals, you know, faster. And I don't know. I just, I think that you'll just have a better quality of life. Um, I think that we have a whole, we're so fixated on quantity rather than quality in our lives. And it really is about the quality. We can't forget about that. Honestly, I mean, every like literally everything like food, people, sleep, everything. Yeah. Quality over quantity, a hundred percent. If you want, if you want to be happy, functioning, healthy human being. Yeah, and we also take ourselves so seriously too. Like, life is supposed to be fun. Like, it's not supposed to be like this. I don't know. I mean, you could make it a drama if you want, but one that also really helps me was like thinking about it as a, a, like your life as a movie. Like, do you, do you want to like live a comedy? Do you want to live like a horror film? Cause like there are moments where I was like, this is totally a horror film. <laughs> like now there are moments where I'm just like, this is just like a happy go lucky movie. I love it. You know, like you, you write your story um, and you get to decide what happens. And I don't know. I think like people are, we strive so much to control the outside, but really like when you control the inside, like that's when you're able to like live your best life. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the idea of the energy you put out is what you attract. So like, let's try being happy, you know, and positive and call good things into our lives instead of all the, all the bad. But, and I love like, you're very good at balancing, like for me, at least it seems the work and the more fun, So you started sharing a while ago, like at a certain time each night, you would just like, you're done with work, which a lot of entrepreneurs carry their work (laughs) up until nighttime and you would paint or play guitar or, you know, like be doing something with your family. So how did you find, I'd say honestly, like the discipline, I think it's something like we have to, if we truly want to put our phones down, put the work down and do something that fills our soul, fills our heart, like it has to become maybe a discipline until you see how it benefits you. And then it kind of becomes a habit, but how did you start that for yourself and how have you like benefited from it, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, I really start, cause I mean, like growing up, like we were like the standard American family, like we, 
we, you know, people work, I was taught like, you know, you work hard and like, that's how you're going to make a living, make a life and everything. Um, and you don't stop working either. Like, it's like, you know, the harder you work and the more you work, like the better your results are going to be. And, um, I studied abroad in college and I went to Italy and I stayed with a family that like, you know, every single night they had family dinner and like no phones were allowed. Like it was, and it was like a three course meal too. Like we were there for like at least an hour. And so they took an hour of their time to be with their family, even though like the dad was an architect, like the, the child was in school. She was a, she was actually studying to be an architect as well. Um, that we all like run these crazy lives, but they made time for that. And I so appreciated that. Like I loved that, you know, you could have your work and you can also have your time for your family. And so it is really about being disciplined. Like, I know, like, it's not ideal for most people to, like, live the kind of schedule that I live. Like, I get up at 4.30, like, I have that time for myself. I start work at 7. And then, you know, I, I have my cutoff point between, like, 6 and 7 p.m. or whatever. But, you know, at that point, like, I'll do something that I love for myself. Like, I'm making sure that, you know, I'm reaching out to my friends and being with my family. Um, because, I don't want life to pass me by. Like, I don't want it to just be a work. And I know, like, and I'm not saying that that doesn't mean don't work hard because I totally believe in hard work. I, I mean, like, that's what I grew up on. But um, there's always more to be done. Like, that, and that's the thing, too, with being an entrepreneur, too. Like, there's never a cutoff point. Like, you have to discern that. Um, and so when you can set those boundaries and actually, like, adhere to it, I feel like, you know, setting boundaries is also really an important part in life like just you know with people too but also with yourself like if you're not respecting your own boundaries how can you expect anyone else to respect your boundaries so you have to respect your own boundaries you have to follow through on them and other people are going to follow through with them as well and if they don't then that's not your person um but it really is about like and and that also goes into self-respect like if you're not respecting your boundaries you you clearly have some issues with self-respect and and loving yourself too so like that's something to work on right there um, but see, that's also another example of like everything that's happening for you. Like that's showing you an area that you can work on so that you can better yourself. And, you know, life is not always about like improving yourself. It's also just about like living, but like, you know, we can always improve. And if that's something that you want to improve on, then like go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said before, like you don't really think there's any such thing as setbacks. And what I took from that is the idea of okay, it's not a setback where you have to completely derail. Everything's, you know, gone to shit. It's more so like, okay, this is a little lesson of, oh, instead of, because that happens to me all the time (laughs) and trying to find a meditation practice and, you know, in health and overcoming fear foods, like everything. And I used to take these setbacks as an excuse to get all down. And it's like, you go in a two, three day funk about it. And now those happen. I feel the emotions. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember this lesson <laughs> and next time, like maybe it won't happen. And time and time again, those set, those setbacks, I'm saying this in quotes, happen less and less because you're learning each time and then you can apply that to your life. But it's, you have to be aware of that. Like you have to be aware that these yeah. setbacks aren't going to keep you away forever and respect yourself and set boundaries so that you know, so those things don't happen again so that you don't find yourself in that place again. So I think that's like critical too for anyone going through anything, but. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, like the, it's funny too, that you say like, you know, the set, the setbacks or whatever, quote unquote, um, you know, they'll happen, they'll continue to happen, but less and less, like lessons pop up for us continually until we learn them truly. Like, and I've experienced that too. Like I used to have this belief that like, 
I couldn't have a woman boss. Like whenever I had a woman boss and it was like, you know, the first time that I had one, it was just a really bad experience. And then for literally like several jobs afterwards, I had a woman boss and our relationship was not good at all. And it wasn't until like I figured that out instead of like accepting that as like, okay, this is just how it is. I was like, no, I'm going to like change something. So like, it was literally like a flip of the perspective and my next boss that happened to be a woman, it was our best relationship and we're still friends to this day. Like, it literally, I mean, that lesson kept on repeating itself until like it was healed and like done with and let go. Um, so like, that's, you know, like things really do happen for you just to like get you to move in, like level up in life. Exactly. Yeah. We just have to be open to them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the other thing is like being open to like being wrong too. I think so many people are like so stuck in being right. And I'm totally there too. Like I struggle with that sometimes still is that like, I would like to think that I'm right, but like you grow so much when you accept that you're wrong. And I think that also comes with like confidence too. Like when you're confident, like it doesn't mean that you believe you're right, but it means that you're like willing to be wrong and put yourself out there. So yeah. Yeah. And own up to it. Just, you know, be yeah. the be the bigger person, quote unquote. But, um, <laughs> well, I could talk with you for hours, <laughs> but if, <laughs> if anyone's interested in I mean, A, your recipes blow me away every time. And B, you do share moments of this on your stories of, you know, your gratitude mornings. You always have like a beautiful quote first thing in the morning. You're outside. Like that always inspires me to get my butt outside. And so if people want to find you on Instagram and your blog, where can they go and just follow along? Yeah, for sure. So the blog is thebananadiaries.com. And Instagram is the underscore banana diaries. So yeah, that's me. Perfect. I hope you are as blown away as I am by this episode. After recording with Britt, I just had to take a deep breath. And I said to myself, wow, that was amazing. (laughs) That may sound cheesy, but I'm, I'm honest. Like I, that is the truth right there. Britt blows my mind continuously. She is as amazing in real life as she is online. And I loved having this opportunity to share more of her than you might see on her Instagram. As her account at The Banana Diaries is mainly recipes, if you go to her stories, if you read her captions in depth, they have so much of her in them. She is just a lovely soul, a beautiful light in this world, and I'm just honored that Instagram connected us and that she's been there to help me through struggles in my life and now hopefully this episode can help some of you through struggles in your own life. So once more, you can find Britt on Instagram at The Banana Diaries. Her website is thebananadiaries.com and I'm on Instagram at thrive underscore on life or at let's thrive the podcast. We're happy to connect. Let us know your thoughts and remember to share this on your Instagram stories if you liked it truly helps the show, lets us know your thoughts, and just makes us smile so big. I appreciate all the rates, reviews, and subscribes, supports the show, makes me happy, and shows me that you like what I'm putting out there. My hard work doesn't go to waste. With that said, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.